and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, joined as always by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Miami Herald. Uh, we are going to get to Kobe Bryant in the second half of this episode. Uh, we'll be joined by the Associated Press's Tim Reynolds uh, to talk about uh, Kobe's tragic passing over the weekend, his legacy, and the reverberations um, that have been felt across the whole world, really, not just the league and, and not just the sports world, but um, everyone. Uh, we are going to start, though, by talking uh, some Heat Celtics. Um, how's it going, Anthony? Doing well. Um, not a great night for the Heat. No, we are uh, sitting here at American Airlines Arena a little after midnight on Tuesday. Heat have a few days off um, after wrapping up a back-to-back tonight. On TNT against the Celtics, and uh, like you said, not a great night for the Heat. Um, although they, you know, we kept looking at each other in the fourth quarter, being like, "This game feels like it yeah. should be like a twenty-point game," and it's pretty much like six, eight, going back and forth through the, most of the fourth quarter. Uh, Heat ultimately loses by uh, eight points, only score one hundred and one. The offense was probably the biggest issue tonight. Um, Offense and you know they're they they were really harping on uh, the Celtics' offensive rebounding, but actually they were I think they were even in offensive yeah, rebounds. The Heat actually had more second chance points. Yeah, they had, um, I guess they had some crucial offensive. Yeah, rebounds they did, there, and yeah. particularly in the in the second half and in the fourth quarter. But the offense tonight, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson combined to go seven for twenty five and four for fifteen from three, and that was with like Duncan getting hot at the end, like he had a couple threes yeah. down the stretch, and that kind of tanked a lot of this offense tonight. Yeah, I mean, the number you can really look or at Or you can maybe say the other way, the offense tanked, like, and so they weren't getting good ones from the right. yeah. I think it works both It works both ways, mm-hmm. but for Jimmy and Bam to combine for three assists, yeah, I mean, that just Bam had his it. first assist with, like, 20 seconds left. That says everything right there. I mean, this offense is, predict- is based on ball movement mm-hmm. and shooting, obviously, but yeah. ball movement first. And they had 15 assists. I think they averaged over 25 a, a game this season. Um, Boston just jammed up everything that he did. And this is really the second game Boston Boston's defense, which entered fourth best in the NBA, so it's a good defense. It's not like it's a you know it's not like the Heat went up against the worst defense in the NBA. In short, no, this is a really good defense. Yeah, and they've had success against the Heat's good offense two times this year. Yeah, two of the games that like I would say maybe like the least aesthetically pleasing yeah. offensive performances for the Heat have been these two Boston games. I think where it's just they have a lot of length. Um, yeah, Jason Tatum didn't play tonight, but you know he's been a good defensive player, but. Uh, Jalen Brown gives them a lot of length. Gordon Hayward, you know, not like the world's best defender, but six seven, six eight guy who can frustrate Jimmy at least a little bit. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart much, yeah. is like the most annoying guy to play against yeah. in the league. <laughs> I would think one of them. Um, you know, they play small a lot. Yeah. Grant Williams gets in there as a big. He's the guy that can switch on to a lot of different guys, and it just you know caused a lot of problems. For the Heat to, you know, and some of it is, you know, your assist numbers drop when Tyler Hero goes over four right. from three. Um, but there like was a saying, lot of isolation was, yeah. play tonight, and and that's a, a lot of Jimmy offense. just trying to get to yeah. the line. I mean, I think this was the most, in a, at least in a long time, that we've seen Bam just like try to score out of post up yeah. situations, like not, not necessarily look. I mean, I'm sure he was looking to pass, but 
you know, feeling like he had to try to make something happen by collapsing the defense himself, um, whether it was posting up or, you know, operating from the high post and, and really being a little more aggressive tonight. Um, but, yeah, it just didn't look like the kind of the heat we've been used to seeing when the heat is at the best. I mean, the heat have hadn't had the best offense at home this season. Yeah. So it's, it hasn't, there haven't been many games at this arena where they've struggled offensively. And mm-hmm. this was, I mean, season-worst home shooting percentage, season-worst home three-point shooting percentage, and second-worst offensive rating in a home game this season. The only one that was worse was that ugly win over the Raptors. Actually, one. That was their Yeah, win. well, that was like 84, 76 yeah. or something weird like that. So based on offensive rating, that was the worst offensive performance, but this one was up there. I mean, this one was, this one was right there, and this one was in a loss. So, I mean... You know, again, we've talked about the Heat's defense a lot. It has not been good this season. I mean, it hasn't been it's bad. Been it hasn't down. been good. It's been mediocre. It it's, been mediocre. Yeah. it's been uh, It's been pretty much average, um, which is disappointing because this team has high expectations on mm-hmm. that end. And they need the offense to play well to win games. I mean, you're not going to yeah. win many games like they did against Toronto in the 80s. Like That's just not going to happen right. that much. So At least not until just if and when Justice gets back. Right. So when you shoot 37%, you're not gonna. You're probably not gonna win that game, yeah. especially against a good opponent like Boston. I mean, that's the, the the issue with when you're leaning pretty heavily on guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, right? Like those are two, especially with Kendrick Nunn hurt right now. Um, those are two of your top four scorers, I think, maybe top five. I don't yeah, know. Like top the, five for the, sure. A bunch of guys are right around like 16 points, um, and those guys are not great defensively. No. Um, and, you know, Jimmy and Bam are, so those are two of your other guys. And then, you know, Goran, who's the one sort of guy who's maybe a, a defensive liability who they rely on a lot on offense. Additionally, he's just, you know, he's a veteran. He's steady. Tyler Hero is a rookie who was the 14th pick, like, or 13th pick. Like, he's going to have nights like this, right? And if he is a guy that you're counting on, um, you know, they've really counted on him in the fourth quarter in particular mm-hmm. this year. But if he's a guy you're counting on to, you know, give you 15 a night, it's not going to happen every night. Like, there are going to be nights like this. Yeah. And then um, kind of surprising. And he's a defensive liability, right? Yeah. Like, they, he wasn't on the court in the fourth quarter. It was, you know, he, I, I know at least as of early last week, he was leading the team in fourth quarter minutes. Right. And he wasn't out there in the fourth quarter today because he wasn't making shots and because he wasn't defending. Yeah, and you saw Boston multiple times find Duncan in a pick right. and roll and basically go at him with Gordon Hayward and they had a lot of success at it. So again, this is something that Heat are gonna have to face over the second half of the mm-hmm. season and especially in the playoffs when teams have time to game plan. Like they're gonna find those matchups and like Eric Spolcher set out for the game, it's on Duncan, it's on Tyler, it's on those guys to improve defensively. You know, because yeah. they're good offensive players obviously that he'd have a good offense, but defensively they're gonna be under a microscope in a playoff series, and yeah. I think that's kind of the one concern you have here. Yeah. One of the one of the big concerns you have. Yeah, and then that is, you know, I know Justice. We we keep talking about him because in like kind of strange tones, because like who knows if he's right. at, if he's gonna yeah. be back this year. But that's why, for all of his flaws, he is gonna be really valuable to this team if he gets back on the court because I mean, yeah. you know what you're getting, right? You know that. He gives you a different identity. When this identity that they've been win- this identity they've been winning games at this year is not the identity they expected to have coming into the season. I don't think. No, they'll they take it. But, yeah. yeah. Um, justice. They can't. They can't play with their defensive identity. We've talked about it a lot. They just don't have the personnel to be that defensive team that they want to be. 
um, without justice. And if they get justice, then um, you can sacrifice some of that offense, you know, and you can survive an off offensive night right. like this because um, of what you know he's going to bring on the defensive end. And tonight's also a night they really felt like they could use Kendrick Nunn. Just he's been sort of Mister Reliable in terms of like if they need a long two late in the shot clock, he's he's been kind of a go to guy there. Yeah, um, I, you know, not to make an excuse because the Celtics are missing Jason Tatum also, but like, you know, the Heat, as good as they've been, the margin for error is probably thinner for them than it is for the rest of like the top four or five teams in the East, just because there are so many young guys involved and because you know their defense just isn't as good as yeah. Boston's or Philly's or Milwaukee's or... That's the thing. I mean, Boston, the Heat still have a better record than Boston. Right. You look at the numbers, and Boston's defense are ranked fourth, and I think they're also top ten in offense. Like, they're they're a really good team. Mm-hmm. I mean, re- record, you know, you would lose a game by one, you win a game by one. Like, the, you know, that stuff evens out over 82 games Yeah, season, the, point but, di- the Heat's but, point differential but, is not what you would expect no. based on their record. And same with for Boston. They're, right, like their numbers, they should be probably better. better right? they, so Heat should be a little worse. Boston's a very good team. You know, the Heat, again, they played Boston twice, both games. Games have been on the second night of a back-to-back, so you know you could, some heat optimist could point to that mm-hmm. and say, you know, if if they had a day in between, maybe it'd be different. But like you pointed out, David, the Celtics didn't have Jason Tatum, who's yeah. one of their best players. He didn't have Kendrick Nunn, but the Celtics did not have Jason Tatum. So um, you know, right now it looks like Boston has a tough matchup for the Heat. Yeah. Do you feel like they're the worst <laughs> matchup uh, of the? Let's say the top five. I still think. I still think Philly. Yeah, I still think Philly's length with that lineup, you know, when Jay Rich is healthy. When they've been the team that's most. Cons- I mean, it's partially because they've played them more than some other teams, but they've been the team that's kind of most consistently frustrated. Bam, I think, right? Yeah, they, they kind of solved in that first time. Bam adjusted well, but they won that game in Philly because of the zone. I just yeah. don't know if you don't play zone how they how they can defend yeah. that team, and also it's just so tough to score on them because mm-hmm. of their length and Joel Embiid's. Presence inside, like it's it's tough. So, I, Boston's about. I think Boston's a tough matchup. I think I think Philly's a really tough matchup. And obviously Milwaukee just because they're very good. Yeah. But those would be the three teams that I'm like you try to avoid probably. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's like half the. Uh, Unfortunately, that's, if you're <laughs> like in the second, the second, second round, round you're probably going to face one of those one teams. Of those teams. Yeah. Um, we have not talked about him yet, uh, but he was actually one of the only guys who was a plus for the night. That's Dion Waiters, who is back in the rotation. Um, came back. Yeah. against the Clippers on Friday. Um, nearly led, like, an incredible comeback in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, it earned him, you know, Kendrick Nunn has missed three in a row now, so they've, they've needed him. We'll see if they still use him when, when Kendrick gets back. Um, but for now, he's earned his spot, right? He's like looks like an NBA guy again. Yeah, I mean, for a guy to be this... Good, kind of after not playing for so long, like it shows you how talented he is, you know. Um, but you know, it's just the questions of, of fit and offense that's still, mm-hmm. you know, Dion is he's a very good isolation player, he's very good at creating stuff off the dribble. But this offense, again, is, is based on ball movement, yeah. So, you know, a guy like Kendrick Nunn, he's kind of filling that role right now, um, and he's able to score. Right, but the question is, how does he fit? And especially on the other end on defense, like 
you point out today he's he's actually played pretty well in defense. Yeah, right, you would say. Yeah, I mean that's why they went with him over Tyler Hero in the fourth right. quarter tonight, right? And they and they need him tonight. The offense was struggling. They needed a guy who could score and create offense for himself, and he was able to do that. Um, he played eleven fourth quarter minutes. Yeah, in a close game, it wasn't like against the Clippers where it was out of hand and and he, he let it come back. No, it was yeah. a close game throughout, and he played eleven minutes. He, when scoreless and when it was 0-4, yeah. But you know that's what you that's what you get from guys. Sometimes he's gonna make a shot, sometimes he's not. But one, the one thing I've noticed is his offensive game, at least right now, is is really so fo- like so much about his three point shot. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he can beat guys off the dribble anymore, or at least not. Maybe he's still getting his legs back a yeah. little bit because he hasn't played in a long time. Um, but he, he just doesn't seem like he's not this same explosive guy he was. Um, Two years ago, pre-injury, and even, I mean, in the preseason, we heard all this talk about how he'd gotten in great shape, um, he looked like it early in the yeah. year, um, and just, you know, maybe it's a product of not playing, he's certainly not in the shape he was three months ago, or, or two months ago, when we were seeing off-season workout videos, and, yeah. and seeing him, even in the preseason, he looked quicker, and a little more explosive than he was last year when he was coming off the injury, but... Right now, he's uh, still working his way back to that. But he's been shooting pretty well from three. Um, we'll see if it's sustainable. Yeah, but... 47%. I mean, you take that. Yeah. 20 of his 26 shots have been outside the paint. So yeah. that kind of shows you like kind of where his offensive game is right now. But look, it is in- it's encouraging for the Heat that, look, at one point, I would say a month ago or even two weeks ago, we would have said, Dion's probably not going to play again this The season. night of the that he played against the Clippers, yeah. we were saying, like, what are the odds he plays tonight? Right, and even with Kendrick like, and Gordon out. Like, yeah. So, I mean, just the fact that he's playing yeah. and the fact that kind of they crossed that bridge, like, I think that first right. game was... Does the fact that he broke the seal, I mean, it, that that's a, just the big deal, right? It's like, yeah. he's going to... They're not going to shy away from playing. Okay? Exactly. If they need if him. If they need him. If he... If, none comes, if Kendrick Nunn comes back next game and Dion goes five, six games without playing and he plays in that seventh game, like, that's not going to be a surprise anymore. Like, it's... He's already played, so yeah, it'll be like Kelly. I think, it'll I mean, be Kelly's like Kelly, been exactly. playing, but like, or, or you know, the Heat have had a couple of guys like that. Right. Who have, James Johnson. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, when Kendrick comes back, I, I don't see a spot for Dion really. Yeah. You know, because you look at the rotation, he's in that last guard spot. Once right. Kendrick is playing, where are the minutes for Dion? I mean, right now Dion's only playing like ten to fifteen minutes a game. So, you know, it's it's he played eighteen minutes tonight, but the first two games like ten to fifteen minutes. Like, where are the minutes going to go? So. Right. I think Dion has to know that, but that's going to be another issue. Like, how will Dion handle kind of going back to that spot if that happens? Um, but for now, I think it's encouraging that he is at least playing, and he's been somewhat productive. Yeah, and like you said, there will be nights where the offense just bogs down, and they're like, Dion, you have to take yeah. some shots now. Shatter the glass and kind yeah. of say Dion get into the game. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, like you said, when we were sitting there during the game, uh, it's probably not good for the Heat if it comes to that because – you know, the, the, how smooth the offense... This offense is good because how smoothly it can operate uh, at times with the ball movement and the shooting. Um, and Kendrick just fits that better. Even if he and Dion have similar skill sets, I think Kendrick is a little quicker right now. And, um, and Kendrick has a spot-up shooter, too. I feel like he yeah, fits that role a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's know. been a, a excellent... I mean, Dion's percentages shooting, yeah. I guess, are better than Nunn's, but oh, the, over the large volume, mm-hmm. Nunn has been, like, a revelation as a shooter. Yeah. Um, but it's just the... You know, and Dion can be a good passer when he wants to. He's pretty good at once he gets into the paint. Like, like, once he gets into the once paint. Once he gets into yeah. the paint, he's he good is. at finding shooters. Um, 
but he's just not. That's not his. That's not priority number one for him. Priority number one for him is to get get a bucket. Yeah. Um, whereas Nunn is a bucket getter, and that is his game a lot and priority number one. But that is again he, his off his offense just seems to come more in the flow of the offense than Dion's does. Or, I, you know, I Dion is. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to put it. Even if they it's no way to measure it right now, yeah. but it just feels like. You look up sometimes and you're like, wow, Kendrick has 22 points. Like, you don't even realize. Yeah. Dion, he gets 15 points, and we're all like, wow, he just, like, that was incredible. Just because yeah. they're, like, they're great shots, or, like, he's covering, he's yeah. making a jump over. Like, they're just, they're louder points. Yeah, say. there's, like, Kendrick, there's, for some reason, the play I think of him running. Sorry. Kendrick, for some reason, the play I think of him running a lot is, like, he'll get a pick at the top of the key or, you know, as he's curling toward the top of the key. And I'll take, like, that one dribble up to, like, the elbow pretty much and hit that pull-up. Like, off a screen, there's guys moving all around the court. Um, so, you know, even if he's shooting off of, like, a pick-and-roll, like, if he's, you know, Goron does that a ton. Like, guys do that. Dion, it's just, it's just different. You know, he's not using screens and just not using it. Like, when, when that's not happening, the offense isn't moving. Yeah. And that pass is not there and that's basically. not a criticism to him it's yeah no it's just his, his style. style it's his style yeah. and if it how it fits with the like that's that's always been the. Question. i mean we talked about it like we've talked and we've kind of come around to like justice is definitely going to help this team whenever he gets back but like we talked about it early in the year when the heat were hung we're like does justice even fit with what they're doing considering all the ball handers like that's always a question just yeah. when a guy is getting reincorporated um and you know maybe Dion will find become a totally different player than he's ever been in his career. Um, but for now, it's just he's going to be a situational guy. And, and for this team, that's what he is. For a different team, he would not be that. He would be a more consistent rotation piece. But for this team, he's the situational guy, I think. All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we'll come back and do some uh, Kobe Bryant talk with Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. Uh, so we'll see you on the other side of this break. All right, uh, we are back, and we had to. We couldn't finish the episode without talking about uh, one of the saddest stories in the NBA, and uh, that I can remember. Um, I think that most of us maybe can remember. Uh, Kobe Bryant uh, tragically passed away on Sunday uh, in a helicopter crash, um, and you know we're recording this Tuesday, um, and like it still is kind of dominating. I think everyone's thoughts and it uh it's just obviously goes to show um you know that as great as a player as he was wherever you rank him in your all-time lists he was even more influential just by the way he played the way he carried himself and you know he was a true you know a superstar in every definition um beyond just basketball um and it was one of those things where you however you heard the news first I had a friend text me and it was just like literally something you you couldn't believe because he obviously like a lot of people have said has felt immortal felt invincible felt was larger than life um, 
and it still kind of feels surreal even three days later or whatever it is now two days later um I guess just we'll each go around or you know he was for me those are like the first teams I really remember the the Shaq Kobe Lakers and um you know, I guess I would say, like, Michael Jordan was my first favorite athlete, but I don't really remember watching him play. So then, you know, those Kobe-Shaq teams, um, I think everyone was either a Kobe guy or a Shaq guy, but whoever you were, that was the team that was obviously dominated everyone's attention and just the, their contrast of personalities, I think, is what made them um, so fun to be, be two superstars playing together around the same time and... Um, they kind of showed you the two sides of the NBA, which I loved. Um, obviously, Kobe, just like the psychotic, super competitive personality, and then Shaq, kind of like the more fun-loving guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are, to me, that's what I'll think of is, is those early teens um, in his career that I think for people of my age, that is basically their first exposure to basketball. Yeah, it's similar for me. Um, you know, I was seven when he entered the league, so I kind of just – my whole like first basketball experience was like going, you know, watching Kobe play. I mean, he was yeah. the generate, he was the player of that era um, for so long. Um, so it, I mean, Sunday's news was it was shocking. Like you just you didn't want to believe it. It was like yeah. you saw obviously the TMZ report, and you're just like, I hope this is not true. You know, I, I it, not to make this about me, but when I found out about the news, I we had just finished. At he practice, Kobe Price in the Sun Sentinel turns his computer to me and says, "Look at this." And I just I, my stomach sank, and I the, the world stopped pretty much for the entire country. Like I yeah. can't remember another moment like that, at least not recently, um, where the world just it's definitely like not in stopped. sports. Not in sports. It, it was. It's it's probably the most shocking sports news that I've. In my lifetime, I would say. Yeah, the, the other one I think I've heard people compare it to is Magic Johnson announcing he had right. HIV. I don't you know, I was... I was, yeah, I don't think I was born. Or I don't know what year that yeah. was, but I mean, this, it was, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just one of those stories, you couldn't believe it, and it was like kind of one of those things where when an older, when a player, when an influential older player dies, it's like everyone has kind of, I think, processed their thoughts about that person. Right. Whereas with Kobe, it was so sudden that people, we've been spending two days, and I'm sure it'll go on two or three more days of people trying to figure out exactly what he meant to all of them. Obviously, everyone knows he meant a lot, but um, I, I don't think anyone had totally, you know, processed his career. He'd only been out of the, you know, he's not even in the Hall of Fame yet. The one thing I will say that, that is... There's nothing nice about the story, obviously, but that there's so many times where people pass away and they don't get to hear the things, like the nice things people say about them until they're gone. Mm -hmm. and I feel like Kobe, when you look at that final, you watch, you know, watch that final game when he was pinned reared last yeah. night, like you saw just how much people adored him. And I think he knew just how much he meant to not only LA, but just the country as well, as an icon, as a basketball icon, as just a person. You know, he defined an era of basketball. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's just looking for any type of comfort at all. Like, he knew how much people loved him. Um, and, I, you know, that's – it's sad, but it's kind of rare, I think, these days. So, Magic. This is Tim Reynolds, by yeah, the way. Uh, yeah, by the way, I'm joined by now. Tim Reynolds. I'm, I'm now here for this. <laughs> From the Associated Press. 
Uh, Magic was November 91, so no, you weren't alive. I was. I was alive. He was alive. I was you alive. Were? Yeah, I was born in 89. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought you were like 12. <laughs> um, magic was... Magic was different because there was such... There was such confusion then. Yeah, well, and he was over, still alive. And he was still alive, but the confusion was, is HIV a death sentence? Yeah. And people didn't didn't differentiate between HIV and AIDS then mm-hmm. anyway. And, yeah. And it was just mind-blowing. I was in Granville, New York. It rained. I was with four friends of mine. Kevin Roberts was one of them. Steve Major was one of them. Um, I think Kevin's girlfriend, Tanya something or other. Like, you remember this Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I'm sure, like with um, Kobe, I'll always remember I was picking up my Super Bowl credential at the Miami Beach Convention Center when so I saw these. Kobe and I have, well, one of the people who works for Kobe is a good friend of mine. And as soon as I heard, I texted her. And she didn't respond. And I texted her again. And she didn't respond. And I texted her a third time, and she didn't respond. Mm-hmm. And I called her approximately 205 times and she didn't respond and I texted her husband and I couldn't reach him and I texted her brother and I couldn't reach him and I realized I, my, my wife and I don't have kids this is as close as I'm ever going to be to the panic that you feel when something's gone horribly wrong with a child or something like that like and and you knew it was true like you knew it she was not on she was not on the chopper um my heart breaks for I mean we're going to talk about Kobe and Gigi for a long time yeah. but my heart breaks for the other seven yeah um, the baseball coach was legendary in Southern California. Um, the coach that, that Kobe had on the plane, she, everybody, if you knew, if you knew high school ball in SoCal, you knew who she was. Um, it's just unspeakably hard. And, and I'm, I don't know if anything, like here we can say, like I, I tweeted out, I'm trying to remember the last time that nothing mattered. Yeah. And, Ari Odzer from NBC6 replied to me February 14th, 2018. And I think that's the last time we felt grief like this. I mean, that's different. And there's no, look, there's no ranking, there's no comparing, mm-hmm. but the world changed Sunday. Like, every basketball player knew who Kobe Bryant was. Everybody knew. He's, he's a one-name guy. I mean, I was at the World Cup in China this summer. And they cheered for him more, you know, more loudly yeah. there than they cheered for Yao. They loved him. Um, he'd go to the All Star Game, and the All Star Game is very international. You know, a lot of media from all over the world go to the All Star Game now, and there would always be a, a, a Spanish speaker with a thick with a thick accent trying to ask a question in English, an Italian speaker with a thick accent trying to ask a question. Kobe would just write into Spanish, write into Italian, didn't care, flawless. Yeah, I remember like. First of all, can we just talk about the thing nobody has talked about, like the coolness factor with Kobe? Kobe took Brandy to prom. <laughs> you guys don't know who Brandy is. Google. It. Kobe took Brandy to his prom at Lower Merriam. Like, yeah, that was like at the peak of Brandy. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, the 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 press conference where he said, "I'm taking my towels." Like, we all think LeBron came up with, "I'm <laughs> taking my idea. towels." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe Bryant said, "I'm taking my towels." And, like, the charisma he had as a 17-year-old to, like, be like, what was I going to say? Like, he's just, he's rocking the suit, and the suit's perfect. It's an Italian suit, and it's tailored. He's 17 yeah, years yeah. old. The story that I love the most, the story that Anthony asked me to tell, <laughs> I'm grudgingly telling. So, <laughs> again, through a, through a, I put it on Facebook, so it's fair game, I guess. But 
through a mutual friend. So I got some access to Kobe at his last All-Star when Dwayne and Melo and, and CP, that, that's Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Paul, for those of you who have forgotten. Dwayne Wade used to play here. Um, you guys know that. Um, they threw him the Gentleman's Supper Club dinner in Toronto. And I remember the entree was fish. It didn't get served till like 2.45 a.m. There was quite a bit of alcohol at that dinner. They gave Kobe the biggest bottle of wine any human being has ever seen. It was like the magnum of magnum of magnums. I don't, it was like a, I don't know. This thing was a keg of wine. Um, the stories, and it moved Kobe so much that those guys chose to honor him at his last All-Star. And I was able to get a few minutes with Kobe the next night to talk about it. And we did a story on, you know, right after the game mm-hmm. in Toronto. So I get a call from, a, from, a mutual, from the mutual friend, the woman who works with him. And she calls me one day. It's May of 2016. I'm on, what's it? It's not the public, the Shula. Going by, going by the uh, Burger King offices. The 836. I'm going by the airport. Yeah. And she calls me and she says, hey, Kobe's about to call you. And I thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. But she's not particularly funny, so I knew it wasn't a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, I mean, and I have known that Kobe had, Kobe had wanted to be a storyteller. Kobe yeah. was really into the fantasy world, the children's books. Kobe was obsessed with it, obsessed with telling stories. So, and he really liked the story that we did about his all-star game. Mm-hmm. So she calls me and she goes, you're going to get a phone call. Not two minutes later, a 949 area code shows up on my phone. And I think it said Santa Monica. I'm not sure, but I was like, holy bleep, this is it. Yeah. It's a children's, it's a family-friendly podcast. I did not, <laughs> spoiler alert, he didn't say bleep. <laughs> 45 minutes in a parking lot outside those Burger King offices, and I was so afraid to move because I was near the airport, and I didn't want to lose the signal. Like, I remember looking at my phone. I don't remember if I had two bars or three bars or whatever, but I'm like... It's Kobe Bryant. I can't lose this call. <laughs> 45 minutes of just picking my brain. And, and honest to God, like, I'm never going to forget that. And, and then I realized, I've got Kobe's cell number. <laughs> this is dope. So I, like, texted him, like, an hour later. I was trying to be cool, you know. Yeah, I was trying to be too excited. I wasn't, like, you know, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to wait a couple days. So I was, like, I'm just going to text him and say I really enjoyed the conversation. So I texted him back something like, hey, if you need any more anything. And Kobe would always hit you back immediately, but he never used words. It was always emojis. So it was just <laughs> thumbs up, you know. But even the thumbs up emoji from Kobe was so cool. Um, it, it's been cool to write about him, and the stories have been... It's so gauche. Like, I... this, Unfortunately, when you're in this field, when you're in journalism, when, when stuff goes bad... You've got to rise to the moment. When a player has a catastrophic injury, when terrible news happens, two months ago, God bless those souls in Broward, the UPS truck, yeah. when that robbery. Those are terrible moments mm-hmm. for us. But as journalists, we've got to be on our game. And I think there's so many people in our field who have been on their game covering every aspect of this Kobe thing. And, and when you get feedback about, hey, I love this story, I'm like, that's great. I did not want to write it. I did right. not want yeah. to write 1,100 words yesterday about a 13-year-old girl who had her whole life in front of her. And 
she was going to be him. Guys, I mean, the eyes. I mean, I never noticed it. I never noticed it till Sunday. She had his eyes. Literally, she was him. It's so hard. And it's the, I think I just, what Eric Spolscher said yesterday after the game really hit me. Like when he said, I asked, I asked him about the tribute that he did, and it was really well done, obviously. 24 seconds of silence. Well, shout out, Heat, um, by the way. I mean, really they've all kind of been the same. But the video, not to cut, I'm sorry, yeah, no, the, the, the video that the Heat did, the way it was executed here, just a little bit better in a lot of other places. But I'm sorry, go, yeah. go on. Well, and, you know, he said it was, obviously it was really well done and very respectful, but it's not going to take away just how horrible this draft is. And that's the thing, like, after all these tributes are done, Vanessa, the three girls, the other families, they're all left with this unspeakable tragedy and sadness. And that's... That's the thing that's really hard to even just think about, and I think we all have to kind of remember a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, this doesn't end for them. Vanessa, the girls, the other families, the first responders, the people who repelled from choppers to get to that scene, mm -hmm. hoping that they could put out that fire, the people who have been combing through a hillside now for 54 hours or whatever it is, since what why, why since we're I don't know two and a half days as we record this and counting the people who are exhuming bodies is there a worse word than exhume yeah. seriously it, it, it's this the, the the city of Calabasas the city of Los Angeles the state of California the National Basketball Association planet Earth it's going to go on for all of us there's going to be an All Star game in a couple weeks in Chicago and Kobe's going to be the story there. Mm -hmm. At that All-Star Weekend, they're going to announce Kobe's a finalist for the Hall of Fame. Duh. This was his year anyway. Yeah. And we're going to be reminded of it. Final Four. Kobe's going to be in the final, yeah. in, in the Hall of Fame when they announce that the Final mm -hmm. Four. There's going to be playoffs. The Lakers are probably going to win a title or very, very easily could. Yeah. And we're going to think about Kobe. We're going to go to the Olympics. Olympics we're going to yeah. think about Kobe. Yeah. We're going to have a Hall of Fame induction in September. We're going to think about Kobe. Then we're going to have an anniversary and we're going to think about Kobe. It's... It, it's never going to end for us. Just imagine the people who right. it really yeah. affects. Yeah. And it's so... I'm, I, I shouldn't say this. There's been a guy outside the arena the last couple nights selling Kobe shirts. And I'm like, you're cashing in on this? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Come on. The guy had his flaws. Coolest night. You guys weren't born yet. It was 2011. <laughs> Coolest night here. And we've seen some stuff in this building. Yeah. Larry has been awarded in this building. You know, we, we've seen stuff. When he went out, there was a, the Lakers were staying here. The game they lost in 2011. Kobe didn't play well. Heat won by, Heat won by six that night. There was, the Lakers were staying over. They were leaving town the next day. I assume to go to Orlando. I'm not even sure anymore. There was a dinner at Prime 112. Prime 112 was the, the it spot. Then mm -hmm. it was still, I think, pretty new. It still is the it spot. It is the it spot. Of course it is. But like then it was like the yeah. it spot you couldn't get into. Now you have a fighting chance. Um, he blew off the dinner and went out and shot for 89 minutes. And everyone was like, this is a stunt. This is a stunt. This yeah. is a stunt. <laughs> he made them go get more ball boys because he needed more people to do what he needed to do. He worked for an hour and a half. And it wasn't a gimmick. We all sat there and watched. We made it a spectacle. Kobe right. didn't want it to be a spectacle. Kobe only did it because he couldn't get up the practice. He didn't know he could go up on the practice court. Other times in this building, he went up to the practice court. He didn't know he could go up there that night. 
it just sucks. It just sucks. And we're all going to miss him. He made, I mean, you loved him or you hated him. I think the, by the end, everybody loved him, I think right? not everybody, though. Like, not everybody. But. I mean, look, Colorado is still a very big part yeah. of his history. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we'd be remiss not to discuss it. But say what you want about what he did or what you think he did or what went on in his marriage, whatever. The U.S. women's soccer team loved him. Mm-hmm. The U.S. women's basketball team loved him. He coached a bunch of 12-year-old girls who loved him. Those yeah. girls practiced six days a week. Not yeah, people have him. all talked about him being one of the best ambassadors for women's champion. basketball. There is yeah. no better women's champion sports. for women's yeah. sports yeah. in this country than Kobe Bryant. The, the ESPN had a, a camera yesterday at shoot-around before the U.S. women's game at, in stores against UConn. Watch Diana Taurasi. I've only cried a couple of times during this. Diana Taurasi, when she couldn't talk. Diana Taurasi is... Tougher yeah, than the re- toughest person. Diana in the world. Taurasi is rebar <laughs> with with hands and feet. Like she is just steel, like that rusty, spiky kind of steel. Tougher than she anyone. wouldn't be able to come on this podcast because of her uh, her language. Her language, yes. Well, also, that, and she could like turn us all into like pretzels. If she <laughs> stared at us. I don't know what would happen. It, it's. And it broke her down. Gina yeah. Ariema couldn't put two words together. And we're talking, and by the way, Gigi's a 13-year-old girl. How, how, how good she was? I didn't know this part until a couple days ago. Well, none of us knew anything until a couple days ago. She started playing the game basically about a year and a half ago. That's how, I mean, this kid was going to be all world. Anyway, yeah. I, it just sucks. And I'm, I hate using that word. I'm sorry. But like, it's the right word. We're, watching, we're, watching, we're yeah, watching yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe literally came to blows. Yeah. But they were brothers. Brothers fight. Shaq's crying. Watch what Dwayne did on Sunday night. And by the way, if anyone thinks that that was, well, okay, he's acting a little. I sat down and talked with Dwayne a long time ago at length on Kobe Bryant. I have the notes. Mm-hmm. I have the transcript. Everything Dwayne said then, he said Sunday. Yeah. Like, he's felt this way about Kobe for a long time. That wasn't because he's gone. No. He's felt this way about Kobe. You have not heard from, as we tape this, we have not heard from LeBron James yet other than the Instagram post. Mm-hmm. You know why we haven't heard from him yet? He do, he can't get the words out. Right. LeBron freaking well, James. Well, all these guys, they grew up idolizing him, and then you get to meet your hero, basically. Become friends with You them. become friends with yeah, yeah. like, And that's the whole league right now, pretty it's much, right? Everyone Jason, who's, other than people who've come in in the last three years, that's Jason everyone Tatum, in the league. Jason Tatum, at shoot-around for Celtics Heat, he was there. I, you had to, like, I mean... It, Reporters know this. We had to lean in. We had to put the recorders basically in Jason Tatum's mouth because he was yeah. speaking in such a hushed tone. Like Kyrie Irving, you missed the missed the game for personal reasons, and then Chris Paul, today, but Chris yeah. Paul missed the game for personal mm-hmm. reasons. Just, Guys wanted to be him so badly that they wear his number, and now out of respect, they're, they're changing, changing their numbers. Terrence Ross changed his number. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie changed his number. Kemba Walker told me tonight that he's thinking about changing his number. The problem with the Celtics is that they've already retired like 67 numbers. numbers. Yeah. So Kemba would have to be like 309 if he was going to change numbers at this point. What Greg Popovich did, the Spurs lose on Sunday. Good game. We yeah, lost. Who cares? cares yeah. I love Pop. Like, Pop forever. Like, anyway, we've gone on way too long. I <laughs> yeah. love you. But I, I don't pretend to know him. I didn't know him. I had yeah. spoken to him. But this, this is hard. And it's going to be hard for a really long time. I think that about sums it up. 
Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Tim, thanks for coming on. Uh, wish it was on uh, slightly better circumstances, um, but... Probably on again soon, though. Yeah, something more fun next time. You know, podcast listeners, <laughs> Anthony and David need a little encouragement on this matter. <laughs> so, don't. These guys do great. They don't need my help. Hey. And I take up too much of their time. David's been looking at his computer for the last 15 minutes. He's like, he's got his literally, he has his finger on the button right now to end this thing. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next week.